Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Scotch pies washed down with some lovely, tasty Carabao. Me drink Carabao. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Wednesday, the 25th of January. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Luke Moore. Do not expect me to be here on the Football Ramble when there is Carabao Cup action and not expect me to say that in that voice. Take some, mm. some tasty Carabao. You love it. Yeah. Take who is a brilliant broadcaster, really technically very good, one of the shining lights of British broadcasting in, in the UK sport and make her do stupid shit. <laughs> yeah. That's the most important thing. Hey, I'm here for it. Absolutely. Good. How are you two? Bit of waste not to, wouldn't it? Yeah, good. I'm, I'm buoyed now by yeah. that excellent sort of Carabao monster voice. You? I've got a Carabao um, drip in my vein. So I'm, <laughs> I'm full of energy. Well, I know you're happy because Southampton lost last night. Always a good Portsmouth one. Portsmouth fan. In, the, in, the, um, in, in Chateau Mormont. That is always <laughs> welcomed. Before we get on to that game, um, which is where we're going to start, just to let you lovely lot know that on Sunday, the, uh, the 5th of February, we're hosting a rather special watch along of the Tottenham Man City match exclusively for you guys and um, the friends of the Ramble Patreon subscribers. We're going to be in a pub in London watching the game, having a natter, probably having some Carabao. Probably not because it's not a Carabao game. A couple, couple of beers, maybe. Maybe a couple of beers, yeah. a couple of glasses of wine. Why not? Um, so all you need to do to get your free ticket is to sign up to be a friend of the Ramble at patreon.com forward slash football ramble. It's just $10 a month and you get loads of other benefits as well. So it's an absolute steal. You can also find the link in the show notes. So sign up right now. It's only around the corner. What's that like? Weekend after next, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. So um, come along, but you've got to sign up first to get your free ticket and you never know. If you don't get in there quickly, you might miss out. There is a limited capacity, I think. There so you is. Can sign up pretty fast. Well, we can't have everyone there, can no, we? No, definitely no. not. No, absolutely. Marcus will be 
fending people off for all the selfies. Marcus is there now. <laughs> he's right the ground. Yeah, he's, he's got, got his, a head. He's got his Baileys. Putting up the barriers. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. So last night, Carabao Cup semi-final, first leg, Southampton nil, Newcastle one. Not the most entertaining game, but a bit of a confusing one with some disallowed well, goals. And bubbles of entertainment, weird weren't there? Stuff yeah. going on, wasn't it's there? Like the tasty, delicious, refreshing bubbles that you get in Carabao. Mm. Um, as the official spokesperson for Carabao, the UK Jules, <laughs> are you allowed to say that it wasn't a great game? Yeah, I think as long as you're honest. Okay, good. The okay. Honesty is the best policy. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It was like, I well, thought... You can console yourself with a lovely, delicious, refreshing carabao, can't you, <laughs> if you're not too entertained? Correct. Exactly. Exactly. There's always, there's always a way around this, guys. Definitely. I thought the second half was actually all right. First half was a little bit slow. Well, the second half was good because the start of the second half, Southampton started to come into it, didn't they? Start to really make a mm. bit of a show of it and, and try and, and force the issue. Because I think they knew that, um, you know, not not getting a positive result at St Mary's will make it very difficult for them. And I, I believe that to be the case. I think, you know, if you look at what's going to happen in the second leg, it's a, you know, the people at Newcastle are very excited about what the future holds. They're going to be bouncing in, isn't it? It's yeah. going to be amazing. Mm. They've got they've had no cup success for a very, very long time. So you can imagine what the atmosphere is going to be like in the second leg to go there and expect to get a, not just a positive result, but also overhaul a one-goal deficit. is very, very tough. So I think they realised that. They tried to push the issue, but they weren't able to do so. And Newcastle obviously emerged victorious. Yeah, and actually for Newcastle, it's it's a huge opportunity, isn't it? Because we've spoken a lot about how ahead of schedule they are in terms of their kind of redevelopment. And if you look at you know Chelsea, Man City and Liverpool as well, really, big clubs that win things and breed a winning mentality, they regularly win this competition. They mm. take it seriously and, they, and it it becomes almost like a sort of, um, like a like a benchmark of, of, of a club going in a positive direction. So Newcastle will want to win this. If they win a trophy in their first season under the new regime, oh, it's their first be, full season, yeah. then it, that would be, that would be, slightly terrifying for everyone else. <laughs> it's been an incredible transformation for them, hasn't it? But it did feel like one of those matches where none of the goals that were ever scored were ever going to be allowed. Yeah. And Joe Linton, even with yeah. the goal that he did score that was allowed, almost fluffed it. Yeah. I mean, that would have been an incredible... I mean, he didn't miss <laughs> it, which is absolutely clear, but it would have been an absolutely astonishing miss. And he's definitely got that in his locker because we saw that about five minutes before. Well, yeah, that. I mean, it was really his kind of... The whole kind of story of his Newcastle career was there in three pretty identical shots because the first goal is obviously disallowed, so that's kind of unlucky. <laughs> Blazes one over the bar. Terrible. For the second one, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and the third one, he's, a, he's the hero. So yeah. it's proper sort of Newcastle legend story. now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the other thing with Newcastle is I feel like every time... I watch them they are never going to concede are they going mm. to concede a goal ever again it is mad I isn't don't it? think they are they're really good at shutting down channels just absolutely anywhere on the pitch they narrow the, the space that you know the opposition have to, to pass through so so well they're so organised and I think you've got to credit Eddie Howe for that because the management of that situation is really probably quite tough you've got expectation through the roof compared to what it was before you've got new players coming in um, because you know they they need to always look to be strengthening, and you've got to manage that kind of um, transition. And then what can happen is, as we've seen with Chelsea, and I know Chelsea are a little bit different and a little bit earlier, um, but they have Chelsea just looks it feels like to me whenever even when you watch them, there's about forty players on the pitch because yeah. <laughs> you don't you, know, you have to get used to these new players all the time. Whereas new, what they've been able to do at Newcastle is obviously seems quite calm and quite. It's almost like a peaceful transition and they're so well organised at the back, um, typified by Pope and particularly Trippier, I would say, who's been outstanding so good, for yeah. yeah, yeah. But Pope, I mean, it's not as though Pope hasn't been making saves though. I mean, no. there's a couple in my, that stick in my mind yeah. that have been world-class saves that have kept 
Is Teams he, out. though, the best goalkeeper in the world right now, as Bruno Gimaraes said in his post-match interview? I love that, though. I love the interview well they did sweet, with, I love the interview they did with, did you see the interview yeah, they did with Bruno Gimaraes? Yeah, it's really Gimaraes? sweet. They did an interview with him where he's walking his dog. You know, they do those kind of VT puff pieces. Yeah. Like, oh, we got... Like an... The whole family. Yeah, yeah. His, his, his wife misses, was there. His dad dads, was there. The two dogs. Yeah, just walking the dogs. He yeah. seemed like a lovely chap. He did. I, I love. I loved to see it, and uh, I liked that he was very. Um, he was very complimentary of a frankly gigantic Nick Pope standing next to him. <laughs> yeah. him as a mountain man, yeah. and, 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 his, and Nick Pope's presence is ridiculous. You know, I, I, when I saw um, uh, Allison play for the first time in the flesh, I just I just remember standing there because I was quite near where he was playing. I was thinking, fucking hell. It's, it's, it's unthinkable you could ever score against this guy. Yeah, and yeah. Nick Pope's even bigger than that. Yeah. So it's, he has been absolutely fantastic. He's been amazing. He really has. Yeah, he's been absolutely brilliant. Um, what about the best moment of the game for me? Wasn't the goals? Wasn't the confusion be- between the two goals that were disallowed for various reasons of handball, which we won't get into because it's painfully and, boring. And we, we're not going to get into it, but I just do want to say this. It's unforgivably making football coverage so boring. Mm. And you know they feel that they have to dedicate time to it and I understand why, but it makes the whole post-match so fucking dull oh, it's all the time. Which is like, hard to do when you've got Mark Chapman, who's one of the best. He's great. Yeah, and he's exactly. so much fun. But It's like VAR checks on, on, on Match of the Day that don't go anywhere. Can we not? Don't Can worry we just about not him. have it? Yeah, it's don't not worry a highlight, about it. is it? The, the, the Match of the Day did that. And the one thing that Match of the Day did that annoys me is that they will physically show... A sub coming on. Yeah. They won't just flash it up in the yeah. bottom. They'll physically show a sub coming on if he scores. Absolutely. So you know straight away uh-huh. it's a spoiler. If they show him physically come onto the pitch, he's going to score a goal or something's going to happen. Yeah. And it annoys the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, but going back to the, the, the best bit of housery in the game was uh, Jacob Murphy. So Chaletta Saar gets sent off um, late yeah. on in the match. And as he's uh, going off the pitch, Jacob Murphy gives him a lovely little wave, Jim. He did, didn't it he? Was, it was amazing. It was it was a it great was moment. And Kenneth I loved... Williams-esque, it was wasn't camp. it? It was so, it was so beautifully camp. camp. The death stare that he got back from yeah. Chaletta Saar, though, was um, frightening. So I loved a, it. For a couple of seconds, I thought, Chaletta Saar's going to go. Mm. He's going to go here. I thought yeah. he was going to headbutt him. Yeah, he's going to go mad. Yeah. He's yeah. going to cantonar it. <laughs> but he kind of, and it was almost like he felt like he wanted to, but he thought, you know what? He's smaller With than me. With the greatest respect, yeah. it's, it's the League Cup. Yeah. I'm walking off. He is, um, <laughs> he's an enjoyable player, Gilles Carr. Very industrial, yeah. shall we say. He's a bit of a throwback. <laughs> yeah, I like him. Yeah, so. I also like uh, Lianco as well. Yeah. He's hard. A pair uh, of proper hard bastards. Yeah. 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 If they get out of trouble, it'll be because of you know, them two clicking, I think. So the, the, the commentary team, I don't know this to be the case, but when Lianco got booked, they, um, they seemed, the commentary team seemed to make out that he, because he got booked for a foul on Gimaraes, and they seemed to make out that they were friends. And it was just a brutal assault on him. <laughs> yeah. They just kicked him. Like... Yeah, the commentary said there was no patriotism there. <laughs> <laughs> you... I like that. I like that. Hopefully he said that while he was doing it. Yeah. No patriotism here. <laughs> Do you know what would be funny is if um, Southampton make a miraculous comeback in the in the second leg Disagree. at St. James's Park. No, 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 no. Have a listen here, right? <laughs> what would be funny is if they do turn the game around, they get to the final and Chaletta Saar then waves Jacob Murphy That would be nice. down, be the, down the tunnel at St. James's Park. That would be a dish best served cold. That, that, would, be very that nice. would be my favourite um, type of thing. Speaking of Pope um, as well, being a, a colossal presence. No, no, no. <laughs> Will they get a new one when he gets old? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. 
They they release some white smoke <laughs> at the dressing room and they know he's going to play. Um, he absolutely destroyed Musa Gineppo at one point as well. <laughs> so I thought he's not going to get. Is he going to get up from that? He's not going to get. It was like an NFL assault. It was incredible, and I thought you would not like to be on the end of that. Gineppo's a funny one, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. It's like is like is he going to be Sergio Mane or is he going to be like Ali Dia? Like yeah. he's brilliant some days and anonymous mm. others. Yeah, agree. You know what's on that subject, Jim? Is um, I think Nathan Jode said in one of his post-match interviews, um, we're so close to being a good team, <laughs> which really made me laugh. It's like we're really close, but we're just actually pretty bad. And I think they're just blunt up top, there, aren't yeah. they? They they can be quite organised, uh, and I'm I'm basically I'm basing that on the draw they got against us because they were brilliant in that game. But it's I just mean, that they can't really, and I know I appreciate that was a long time ago, but like they they are just seemingly struggling to have a sort of kind of regularly effective cutting edge up top. Yeah, it's the scoring of goals. It's there. I don't know if Jay, Jay Adams is ever going to score ever again. Yeah, it feels that Poor way, guy. isn't it? You and, could, and, he had a shot yesterday where you just see, you could see like <laughs> you just pipe was in his head. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, th- you think that Jay Adams, so he scored... The last guy I remember him scoring, and forgive me if this is wrong, but the last guy I remember him scoring was away at Bournemouth. And they won that game 1-0. Um, and you look at Shadams when he scores like that. It was a very early goal in the game. He looked really up for it. And you look at all the tools he's got in his locker. Like You think he can be a good Premier League player. He's strong. He's good in the air. He's physical. He's not slow, necessarily. Yeah. He's, he's probably deceptively a bit quicker than he looks. But it just doesn't seem to work for him. If they can go to St. James's Park with essentially nothing to lose now and turn mm. it around, that could kickstart their season. So, I just think that's impossible to imagine, not just because I hate Southampton, but because <laughs> so it is literally impossible for me yeah. to imagine. But the, the, the atmosphere at St. James's Park for a semi-final second leg where they've got a really good chance of getting to the final will be unbelievable. But that's what I mean. I think they, South, Southampton have to try and relish that. They have to go there and like kind of almost want that pressure and almost see what they can do it. because they've mm. got every game is going to start getting like that soon. The River Tyne... Will be Carabao. <laughs> you know, like on St. Patrick's Stick Day. Stick a straw in it. In St. Paddy's Day in some US cities, they dye the river green. Yeah. They should do that in, mm-hmm. on the tiny of Newcastle win the Carabao Cup. Well, that's next Tuesday, so we'll have to wait and see what happens in that one. But I think uh, most of us here are pretty confident that it'll probably be Newcastle with um, one foot in the final already. Um, right, let's stick with cup football because there was the most astonishing upset in the Scottish Cup this week. It was on Monday night. It's the Scottish Cup fourth round. And sixth-tier Darvel, a non-league Scottish side, beat the seven-time Scottish Cup winners, Aberdeen, who are playing in the Scottish Premiership. Jordan Kirkpatrick got the goal. And it was just amazing scenes. This is exactly what these cup competitions are about, Jim. I mean, what a story. It's brilliant. I I love how um, they've said as well that the players aren't going to get a bonus (laughs) until the cup run ends, which is a nice little psychological way to keep it going. The buzz around the town is just... um, Clearly fantastic. Um, the speech as well in the dressing go, go room. Go on, Jim. So the, the game. So I haven't memorised yeah, the speech. No, no, no. We've got some of the speech here. You are more than welcome to read it right. in your best Scottish okay. accent. Right. Go on, be with the Darvel manager Mick Kennedy right now. With apologies to Scotland and <laughs> part of my own DNA and everyone bar the McDonald clan, really. Um, <laughs> I read up that the average man lives to about 77, 40 million minutes in his life. I'm asking you to give your absolute utmost for the next 90, 90 minutes out of 40 million. That's all I'm asking for. That's nice. That. It's pretty Very it's nice to right that. I was quite roused by that. We're, we're not, <laughs> I not, wanted a bit more, to be we're honest. Not, we're yes. not, so, so they Sorry. had... So they had needed, the, needed more aggression for me. So they had the um, <laughs> they had the, the team talk you're talking about, of which this... It, it didn't actually cover that particular quote, but the, the team talk he did before the game. They, they had camp... For those who haven't seen this... And by the way, this is the 
being talked about as the biggest cup upset in Scottish football yeah, history. Yeah, yeah. like but nearly 150 years. It's mad. Um, they had the cameras in the dressing room for Mick Kennedy's um, speech. Nice dressing room, by the way. It was very nice, For a wasn't non-league it? side. It was Fancy. very nice. It was Fancy. very nice. They got dollar. Um, and um, he gave his speech, and I thought it was amazing. And I've got Scottish ancestry, Scottish blood. So Here he is. He always has to try and be spiritually be part of it, doesn't I, he? I kind of enjoyed it. Although, although my, my family's team, ironically, are, 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 are actually Aberdeen. But I was watching it with my wife, uh, who's American, and I was like, oh, yeah. that, that was fucking brilliant, wasn't it? And she was like, I don't understand anything he said. Because <laughs> he's got a very, very yeah. broad Scottish accent. She couldn't understand anything. I any struggle of it. with some of it sometimes. But for me, it was rousing. It was perfect. It reminded me of a Scottish version of the Michael Sheen Welsh one ahead of the of the World <laughs> Cup. Do you remember the one he did? Yeah, that Which was, was good. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, a brilliant, brilliant upset. I think that um and also apparently um They've the th- got Full Kirk next, I think. They have. Yeah. And the Darvel players were relaxing before the game and mm-hmm. getting themselves up for it by all singing a karaoke version of Believe by Cher. Yes. That actually happened. One of my favourite things about this whole story is that whenever you get these non-league teams, there's always some great little sort of like outside stories about the club that, you know, the jobs that some of the players do because most of them also work as well as play football. And the owner of the club, John Gall, is actually the owner also of an award-winning pie company. Yeah. This is this is just my favourite. They make stuff, Sco- this. they make Scotch pies. And they do the yes- Killy pie. Yesterday mm. there was the Scotch pie awards. Yeah, and, and he went, but he didn't win. He came second. Gutted. The, the world. What Championship- way to ruin a weekend? The world championship Scotch pie awards. <laughs> they have won it before, um, but they came second. Sadly, very very very. He'd take that though, wouldn't he? Second in the pie competition through the cup. Do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. I, yeah. think, I think you probably take the, 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 the win over, over Aberdeen. But there were, I have to say this, I'm not to be a party pooper about it, but there was a very questionable late offside call in that game. Like Aberdeen, mm. there was no VAR obviously and um, the, the camera angle was difficult from watching it on the TV. But I think Aberdeen can feel quite aggrieved. Oh, there was, off, there was a goal. Bore there off. was a goal that <laughs> I'm not sure was should have been ruled out for offside. Right, if, if only they'd had VAR. Yeah. I know, I know but exactly. They wish they had VAR. Yeah. I do love that however more slick football gets and however more kind of it feels almost like entertainment than sport. Pies will just pop up. Yeah, yeah pies always. regularly pop up in football. And the Scotch pies are a very specific kind of pie as well. So it's made traditionally made by like like minced mutton, and it's got a very distinctive um, shape, and mm. that's what that's the type of pie pies he makes. You don't really get them down here. So Carol Smiley was presenting the award. Yeah, Shout classic. out Carol! I was well pleased Shout to see that. Carol. Yeah, good on her. <laughs> she did an interview. Keggy was busy. <laughs> yeah, there's a proper TV presenter, Carol Smiley. There. Oh yeah, do you reckon yeah. she could do a me, me drink Carabao as good as me? Technically very good. <laughs> you could learn a lot from Carol. She um, she done an Insta uh, an Instagram story. Yes, I I did go on her Instagram page to find all this and um. She posted it and she showed the actual trophy that the pie winner gets. Is it a big pie? It's a massive pie. Lovely. Of course it is. Great stuff. Not made of actual pie though, obviously. Made of wood, she said. Made of wood, okay. Um, but she presents the award seven, for the last seven years. What she loves be, it. What could be more respectful than a wooden trophy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the whole point of me telling you about um, Carol Smiley is she said in her Instagram video that um, for dinner last night at the awards, they were having pie for all three courses. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they didn't even have pies, no, they which have would pies. have been a hugely disrespectful yeah. development. Oh, talking of pies, 
Lampard's been pied. <laughs> he's been pied by Everton. He's he's yeah. he's got the boot now, guys. He's gone. Um, I think that's it, happened since we recorded on Monday, right? Yeah, it yeah. has. So on Monday's show, the guys were talking about the fact that uh, Mason pretty much um, battered him, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Didn't he? She in her interview with him post match. Mm. Um, but sadly, Frank Lampard has been sacked as the Everton boss. Um, so they're now looking for a new manager. Uh, Bring in Big Sam. Mm. Or That's the talk, isn't Big it? Big Daichi. Who do they want? Who do the Everton fans think is going to keep them in this? Do they need to go short term to just keep them in the league this season? I, I think they do, good, yeah. And I think actually the, the fans aren't necessarily going to be too happy with um, with Daish or Allardyce. Although I think maybe they'd give Daish a chance because they've actually been very, you know, reasonable. They're just terrified that they're going to get relegated, aren't they, most of the fan base? So I think they'd, they'd probably understand a firefighter coming in. It's a funny one that the reports seem to say that the board aren't that keen on the idea of Dyche, but but have apparently already reached out to Sam Allardyce. And mm. Allardyce left in quite difficult circumstances. You might have a point to prove there, but the whole problem was the football was so dour, the fans didn't like it, and it just the relationship fell apart very quickly. So I don't know why that wouldn't happen again. I think they've changed their mind though succeeds. now, haven't they? I well, think they need it now. They don't they don't care if the football's bad between now and, and the end of May. They just need to stay in the no. league. And I think the, the interesting dimension to this is the idea that Mashiri's putting the club up for sale. Yeah. And so therefore you've got even more instability and even more confusion. And the reason you guys are talking but about But even how... that's confusing, Luke, because earlier on in the week he um, spoke to a fan group and said the club isn't up for sale. I just want well, investment. Well, and then yeah. last night there was a report I think it was in the Guardian, wasn't it? That the, the club was up for sale. But so. no, no, whoever's doing their this is what I was going to say because you guys are talking about how confusing the whole thing is. Whoever's doing their comms is having an absolute nightmare because no one knows what's going on. He's saying that he wanted investment to help finish the stadium because he's chucked a load of money at it, but also it's been reported that he wants to sell the club, and so no one really knows what's going on. The point being that ultimately, presumably, any success that Everton have in the future whether it's under Mashiri or under a new investor or another new owner, is really kind of quite, you know, quite important that they stay in the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, if, if, you, if you move down, and I know there are some people out there who think that, you know, them doing, moving, you know, being relegated, having a big old clear out and then going again. That to me seems like a, a very, very high risk strategy. That mm. seems like a big gamble to me. Um, I, I, w- I would say that um, what they do need is some kind of experienced custodian to come in and try and shore it up and and um, and get them enough points to stay in the Premier League. And then I think if I, you know, obviously he's not going to do this, but if I'm being totally honest, fucking have a look in the mirror, Mashiri, and realise how bad you are at this and yeah. stop doing well, it. Well, I think that's give it to someone who can do it. That is what he's doing, isn't it? By by selling up, I think it feels like the fan pressure is actually. Um, but even the act told. of communicating whether he's moving on or not has been confusing. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's more that he wants investment in the club rather than actually selling it. I think mm. that's what was confirmed yesterday. It's all a little bit. It all feels a little bit murky, doesn't it? And a bit yeah. unclear. Can, can I also add, on the on the custodian point, um, obviously the, the, the common sense of that, the logic on that is is kind of fairly obvious. But I do think it, it needs to be said how astonishingly farcical it would be if Allardyce came back to <laughs> Yeah, I mean, given the way it happened last time, given the way he got moved on. And then actually, when he came out of um, retirement for the 42nd time to take home West Brom... <laughs> I mean, he took over in December of that season and they were relegated badly. Yeah. You know, that wasn't his fault though. He'd quit by then. Of course He's never was. been relegated. That's remember. true. Never, remember. Yeah. Never <laughs> been relegated. So, so it's funny because he did technically resign before the season officially ended, <laughs> but the Wikipedia page says that it was his first relegation from, uh, from the Premier League in his Got career. Uh, so, he, you know, we, all, we are all guilty of kind of 
trying to massage our own reputation somewhat. I'm pretty sure he was relegated earlier in his career as well, and then he changed it to the top flight. Early on, then, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was. So look, it would be absolutely farcical. I can't, I can't stress it enough for Allardyce to go back. But what they do need is they do need someone to, who's an experienced hand who can go into that situation and go, right, I'm going to calm this down, get us playing to our strengths because they've actually got, as we talked about before. Um, if you look at the back line at Everton, it's not terrible. No, they've got they're great... making the most ridiculous mistakes at the moment, aren't they? I don't know what's happened to Tarkovsky, bless him. Yeah, but also off the pitch, there's talk to um, Amadou Anana and, um, and another player, I forget who, another player had missed training because there's, there's talk that they might be for sale because they've got financial difficulties. But it's like, well, but if you get relegated, those become even worse. It's like hoping that your house will be worth the same after it's fallen into a sinkhole. Yeah. And it's like, all oh, the bits are still there. Yeah. It's, all, it's, all the same, it's all the same stuff. So, yeah. can I, pan, I, get, I get the money back, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's mad. It's... <laughs> I think, I think Dave, David on Monday said about, um, he thought Sean Dyche would be pretty successful there. Yeah. I, I kind of don't necessarily disagree with that. I think it's, I think it's, it's possible. It's certainly possible that he could get them organised and sort them out. Um, but then the, the the link with Bielsa is an interesting one because I think yeah, if you I find that one strange, but it's honest. great because most managers spend all their time trying to leverage their way into a job. So I've been sat in a radio studio before with another pundit where a certain manager has been texting them, name names, saying Alex McLeish, mm-hmm. saying um, <laughs> saying please please mention me to do with this job, please mention me here, please mention me there to try and get in the frame for certain right. jobs. And then you've got Tim Sherwood, and there you guys saw this yesterday. Not to get off the topic too much, but Tim Sherwood did a thing in the mail yesterday, just just talking about how the 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 the, um, the hierarchy at Spurs wanted to sell Kane. And that he was responsible, basically saying that he was responsible for Harry Kane being brilliant. Yeah. And obviously trying to get himself in a position to get another job. And Marcelo Bielsa gets linked with the Everton job and he's like, nah, players are too slow. Yeah. I'm not interested. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. He doesn't want to do the job. He doesn't want to be a manager. Yeah. And talk yeah, me into it. Yeah, exactly. It- so what I was going to say was if you could get Daishim to um to oversee it for the rest of the season, that could work. And I think David spoke a lot of um truth about that but the problem being then you'd want Bielsa to take over from the summer and really do what he can do mm. with, and, but then Dyche won't do a short term Dyche is not going to accept it on those terms yeah. it's a very difficult situation it's, it's also, Sam, Big Sam would though he'd yeah. take short term wouldn't he but it would be embarrassing yeah. like, it's embarrassing for the fans <laughs> to have to go through that again yeah they've done it before a, I heard a fan on the radio saying they wouldn't mind Big Sam coming in they just have to they stay just, up don't they're they they're desperate be but very these... very weary of people who or, ring into or radio Dun- yeah. Duncan Ferguson Big Duncan, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I think we'd all enjoy that. Could I'd be an love absolute to see bonfire. Big Dunk back. Yeah. It's an interesting illustration of their sort of current identity crisis, isn't it? Because Bielsa represents what they want to be and what they feel like they should be. I, th- I think not unreasonably, given the status of Everton and, and you know, w- what they've done in the game. And also Daesh or Allardyce sort of just clinging to the Premier League, just staying there by whatever means necessary. Because as you say... You know, if if you appoint someone on a permanent basis just to do a temporary job, and say say they stay up, then you're sort of stuck with them in a sense, right? Mm. You're stuck with that style, you're stuck with that identity, and that's been the problem. It's been trying to change this yeah, too many true. times. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um. Well, one player who won't be joining Everton uh, is <laughs> speaking of farcical, Luke is um Arnaut Danjuma because yeah. he was. I did find this rumor of him being linked with Everton in the first place slightly. Odd. This was all sort of like Friday, Saturday last week. And you're thinking, why is a player who's done really well at Villarreal, I think, I mean, bearing in mind, he was at Bournemouth a couple of years ago, got to the semi-finals of the Champions League last season with Villarreal, has been doing really well for them out there, is linked with a club that 
are potentially going to be relegated this season that are one of the most out-of-form teams in the league. Yeah. Money, 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 um, money, money. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Obviously, mm. but... Release clause, plen- baby. But plenty We want prenup. Clearly plenty of other options. And well, now, clearly. one of the other options has swooped in and hijacked the deal. Well, this, so he's going yeah. to Spurs. This yeah. is the Mudrick domino effect. You it know? is. Because obviously Chelsea hijacked that deal from Arsenal by getting in there very quickly and very decisively. Arsenal a little bit burned by that. Did that for Trossard when he was a, had apparently the, there'd been negotiations going on with Tottenham. Tottenham were like, right, well, we've got to gazump someone. <laughs> and, and and there it goes. So over to you, Everton. Yeah, and, and, I mean, according to some very bitter and understandably frustrated Everton fan accounts, Dan Juma had, always, had already given a statement saying yeah. he would, quote, give everything to help Everton stay in the Premier League. <laughs> and at the time, I'm not sure anyone realised he meant he would do that by signing for someone else. Maybe mm. he means when Spurs play Everton, he won't score. Or maybe he means I'm terrible, so I'm the last thing you need. I'll sign for someone else, help you yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bielsa well, would take you down and I'm quite fast, so I'm going nowhere near this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he already had done his media duties for the club and everything and yeah. done his medical at Everton and now he's gone and signed for Spurs. It feels like yeah. th- this is becoming more more and more Savage. normal, doesn't it? It used to be the sort of thing you talk about for years, like when, when Man United hijacked the Berbatov transfer. Mm. But it's happened like three times in quick succession. Yeah. Got to move fast yeah. or Chelsea will get them. Mm. That's what it is. That's the problem. <laughs> that is every story at the moment, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Whether yeah. Chelsea are interested or not. Yeah, yeah. Every day I hear another ridiculous bid from Chelsea for Caicedo. It's farcical. Yeah. It needs to stop. What's happened at Chelsea is absolutely farcical as well, by the way. That's probably a story for another time. All right, we'll do it another time. Uh, Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the game tonight, the other semi-final first leg between Nottingham Forest and Manchester United. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. 
So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ramble. El Mahani right foot. Whips it. Oh, jeezy peeps, man. It's <laughs> 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 the best place in the world. Yeah, so good. Oh, amazing. So good. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, guys. It is Jules, Luke, and Jim here. Special bonus Wednesday ramble for you. Um, that was the Arbroath commentator. Um, jeezy peeps, man. I love mm. that. You can't beat some of these Scottish phrases, can no. you? No, you can't. Absolutely just, not. They're just up there, aren't they? Um, right, let's talk about tonight's other semi-final Forest facing Manchester United um, do you give Forest a, what are you laughing at <laughs> it's just that when he says that it's because I think Arbroath <laughs> are playing Inverness and uh, it's, it's the Arbroath kind of I guess you know, for want of a better word kind of loyal commentator and the, and the Arbroath guy I can't I don't know who it was as a, as a shot and it's quite it's quite a um, <laughs> it's quite a promising position and it just goes so far wide and you can really feel the pain of the guy. He's just he's like, I've had enough of this. I'm like, I'm, I'm just, what the fuck is that? It's basically what he wanted to say. Uh, right, back to Forest, Manchester United. Eight o'clock kickoff tonight. Um, Forest are chasing their first recognised major trophy, excluding the playoffs since they won the League Cup back in 1990. Recognised major recognized trophy. Recognised major now, trophy is the phrase I've been given. Well, it's, it's, that's why the um, the Carabao this year is interesting the way it's fallen because if you look at the semi final lineup, you've got Manchester United who are desperate for a trophy for all the obvious yeah. reasons. 2017, their last one. Yeah, and Ten Hag will want to get up and running. Um, Forest, for the reason you just said. Newcastle, even bigger reason. The Southampton never won anything, so it's, it's important mm. that they that that what. That, 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 that lineup has got a team whoever wins it is going to be a massively important it's good isn't it it, it, yeah. it does make these semi-finals that bit more exciting doesn't it and also because the League Cup is the first domestic trophy of the season to Definitely. win it's a, it's a kind of for, for a team like Manchester United for example who are still in technically still in a, for a shout with all four competitions that they're competing in if you want to count the Premier League as one of them as well. I think you have to do that. You have to do that. Um, they're, they're still in all four competitions. They're actually the only Premier League side to be in all four competitions still. So, I, I mean, when you look at that, every team that are still in it, it's quite a big deal for them yeah, to get absolutely. to the final and potentially win this. And also, if they were to win it, because it's so early, the final's on February the 26th, you get silverware at the end of February and you've still got then the next three months of the season with that belief. You've won a trophy, you can go on and then maybe... That's why that's why Guardiola puts so much importance yeah. on it and that's why they've yeah. won it Mourinho so did as well, as we Definitely. mentioned earlier. Yeah. It's, it's a huge, huge marker, isn't it? And it's also, you're trying to breed a winning winning mentality. And also, as you say, the, the other side of that is that it'd be absolute you know memories for a lifetime for fans of Forest or, or, or Southampton really and obviously you know we t- touched on what it could mean to Newcastle so yeah I mean I'm so intrigued by Forest at the moment we haven't spoken about them much lately but they've, they've been a real story they've, they've you know the, Cooper seems to have got this squad of players knit together really really quickly they know each other now they're playing together now we, we, there was a sort of sense as like when they came up, we didn't really know what Steve Cooper's ceiling was. We yeah. thought, oh, maybe he's hit it because this is a bit too chaotic. I think that was just a mezzanine. He shuffled yeah. along a bit. There's, there's still more space. We still don't know where he's the He's found the service lift, hasn't he? In he's, terms of the helium balloon. He's found the service lift. 
And he's, he he's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's he got to the main lift that was out of order. So I'm not stopping here. I'm going to the service lift, and he's jumped in it, and he's gone up another few floors. It's a good metaphor. Shut up. Uh, I, I think the World Cup break was a big factor. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, it gives him a lot time, of time, yeah. a lot of time to kind of work with the kind of still unfamiliar group of players. He's he's able to tweak things tactically. I, I kind of see him as a as a uh, as a real good problem solver, really. Yeah, like he, he, there's signs that a lot of the players that he he wanted and he was desperate for. So an example would probably be Gibbs White, where he was like he spoke so effusively about him. He'd obviously worked with him at England, and he and he was he, he was kind of. Because he got a lot of criticism. I think the club got a lot of criticism for the amount of money they mm. paid for him. Yeah, and and fifty-five million was it? Yeah. It's a, a lot of money. Record signing. For it, Forrest, it, it was. It? I think. That, I think that's if he hits certain things. Right. But the upfront payment was still pretty big. Yeah. And he's their record signing. But so. there, there's, I couldn't find. I was looking for it, but I'm sure I found a while ago now, maybe around when he signed. Cooper's saying like, you know, I've worked with all these young players, and there's no reason Gibbs White couldn't be as good as Sancho or Foden was what he was saying. Mm. So he obviously saw something in him, and. It's 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 now obviously still too early to talk about how good Gibbs White can be, but he's starting to show signs now. He was great against Leicester. Um, I think he basically put on both the goals for Johnson in that game. He yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. He was it was really difficult for Leicester to deal with him. I thought they rode their luck against Leicester a bit. Leicester had a couple of good early chances. Harvey Barnes had two really good ones that he could have scored on another day. Uh, they didn't take, but. To use that word again, Jim, ceiling, it's really difficult to know what Steve Cooper's ceiling is because he seems to have solved all these problems and seems to better get Forrest firing. And because of partly because of the dross that's elsewhere in the Premier League, um, they're, they're almost certain to stay in the, in, in the division now, which is what they obviously what their target would have been. And then you, you line them up against Manchester United, first legs at home, it'll be rocking in there. Mm. They're unbeaten in eight games. They haven't at lost home, for ages, is what I was going to say. Yeah, remarkable. So. You don't look at Forrest and think that they've been on a run that good because mm. they're just kind of they're just getting the, the odd point here or there yeah. they're kind of like they're, they're eking out some some results aren't they Jim so I was quite surprised when I saw that they were unbeaten in eight matches yeah. at home but they'll certainly take that with their home fans tonight in this match against Manchester United yeah. and just have something to hold on to going to Old Trafford it is really rocking at that ground as well yeah. and, and that is going to make a big big difference I think actually they're a little bit lucky against Bournemouth because Bournemouth missed quite a few chances but you, you know, you ride that luck, don't you? You, mm. you? That gives you confidence, and you sort of, kind of steady up a bit. I, I wonder how they're going to approach it. I think they'll probably have to go for it at home, like kind of go out all guns blazing against Man United. They've got Chris Wood now. Got, they have got Chris Wood now. <laughs> They've also got Danilo, which is a yes. hell of a coup. He was linked with yeah. a lot of big clubs, and you know, he's you know very experienced in the well, Copa Libertadores. Well, he has, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I like how proactive they're being, and they're not just. This approach weirdly has worked for them of bringing a lot of players in, and there's talk that Emmanuel Dennis hasn't really done what they mm. wanted him to do. So he and you know, Alan he, got injured, didn't he? Yeah. So, so they, they, I think they're kind of shifting things around as best they can. But um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be absolutely amazing to see them in a final, wouldn't it? I, I, I like the Chris Wood signing. I like the Chris Wood signing because you know the Alan injury is is a factor. You know they, they started like, from my not from my knowledge they started the last couple of games with Gibbs White and Johnson up front. And these are they're, they're types of players that are exciting. They're tricky. They're difficult to play against. But they're not a presence really. Yeah, Wood gives you a really good physical presence. And although he's kind of fallen foul of the changing regime at Newcastle, and of course he hasn't scored a huge amount of league goals for them. It's not that long ago that he was regularly getting double figures in the Premier League for Burnley, Chris Wood. I mean, he knows how to do it, mm. and he can with those players around him putting chances on and 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 I just I just think of him as as a really quite effective penalty box striker for yeah. us. And it's something that they would. don't really have as well. Yeah. So and that's you know, as you say, problem solving is, is a thing Steve Cooper's good at. So he's essentially just added something to his toolbox. 
Mm. Talking of problem solving, you know um, Scarpa, who's another one of their signings. Yeah. He's like a genius at doing a Rubik's cube, isn't he? And apparently, like Gibbs White has tried to do a Rubik's cube <laughs> a million times and just cannot get but it you, right. You know, you know, the Rubik's cube thing is basically just a, a system you commit to memory, and if you can do it quick, it looks good. I've never done it. No, I've never done it, but it's just a system. Yeah, it's not like you, you don't look at it and go, right? How do I solve this? Oh, right. You do three, three, two, two, one. Like it's 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 a system. Oh, seriously? Yes, yeah, it's not as impressive as it looks. All right, yeah. do one. Then. I can't do it. I'm just telling Why you. I telling you, if you that on, simple, if you went online and found a system, you could do it. <laughs> Maybe not you, Jim. You could do it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, after a couple of carabaos, sure. <laughs> yeah, got, got some extra stuff in my bag. Really quick. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, what about Manchester United at the moment? They were obviously on this amazing run of form, winning every single game since the World Cup up until they conceded a late goal at Selhurst Park against Crystal Palace and drew that match in the Premier League, and then went and lost it late again against Arsenal on Sunday, which I'm sure you're still buzzing about, Jim. Mm -hmm. Um, That's all the Carabao. Yeah, of course it is. (laughs) Of course it is. Um, So after those two results, it's now two without a win for Manchester United heading into this match. And Eric Ten Hag, we know how he's been working with this Manchester United team. He doesn't take any prisoners. He's pretty ruthless, isn't he? So Mm. do you think this could be a game where we maybe don't see Anthony starting because he's been receiving quite a lot of criticism what have you made of him I think with Anthony you've got to look at the the long term with him I think they know that they paid over the odds they had to he has been a little bit underwhelming isn't he he's he just looks a bit functional but without without being spectacular he's just like a winger rather than a than a, than a sort of game-changing winger but what? I think that's probably the most frustrating thing for Man United fans when they watch him because he can obviously drive with the ball forward but when he gets to the edge of the box unless he's on his left foot that ball is going nowhere near the goal or nowhere near getting into the box he cannot cross with his right foot I've been in Old Trafford quite a lot this season because I've been covering quite a few of their games and you can you can almost hear it in the crowd when Anthony's on the ball there's this excitement as he goes forward and then it goes yeah because he always then ends up passing it back I think I think he will play tonight I think obviously he played and scored in the last League Cup game against Charlton didn't he um and that I, was a great goal, but was it, that was, again, his kind of special move. It's but, on his but left foot, yeah, outside the box, but there's plenty corner. Of, you're right, and, and you're right to point out that obvious shortcoming. I think that's absolutely spot on. But there are, at the same time, there are plenty of players who've played at a very, very high level, probably even the top level, who have that problem. Yeah. And there's no, there's no shortage of players you can list who have... You know, in the modern game, who start off on the right can only cut on the left, but they're so good that no one can do anything about it. What's interesting to me, I think, is that he actually looked really bright when he first signed for them. Scored a couple of early goals. Didn't seem to feel. Um, it didn't. It didn't look like from the outside looking in that he fe- he was suffering from the pressure of playing for Manchester United. Was it ever since the double pirouette? But that. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> but, then, but then as soon as soon as and then this is, it's a really interesting point because there's a feeling with Ten Hag is that of course there's a betting in period. He has to find his find his bearings but as soon as he finds his bearings he just becomes this no nonsense cleaning out all the crap mm. this is how we're doing it and it felt it feels almost to me that Anthony's most impressive performances for Man United were before Ten Hag was able to do that and now Ten Hag is doing that Anthony's kind of falling foul of it mm. and they've got a lot of good players at Man United and they're going to obviously get more and I wonder whether you can afford to be an ineffective player like Anthony has been and quite a one-dimensional player for too long at a club that big under someone like Eric Ten Hag. That's, that's, that, to me, would be the fear. Having said that, I think he's got all the ability in the world. I think of him as a really exciting player. I, I don't think um, the shortcoming, which you're right to point out, necessarily has to be a barrier to him being successful at Man United. 
Okay, well, Nottingham Forest needed penalties to get past Wolves in the last round of the Cup, uh, but that's nothing compared to Israeli team Maccabi Netanya, who won the Israeli League Cup without scoring a single goal in the whole tournament. That's because every single match went to penalties. They got through four matches to do that. They drew every single one and then they went on to win the final 5-4 on penalties. I didn't even know Roy Hodgson had a new job. (laughs) (laughs) That's absolute madness, isn't it? Would you be happy how to feel as a fan of that club, would you? No. I've I've seen nothing. I've seen nothing apart from In the record books, though. Great stuff. Yeah. Talking of records being broken, history being made. History was made um, at the weekend when the first ever white card was shown in a football match. When I read this, I was like, you what? what? Yeah, what it, it looks like the this? referee going, I surrender. It's <laughs> yeah. confusing. When I like read and saw it, I was, I was absolutely furious. Okay, explain. Yeah. It's fucking patronising nonsense. Mm. You're leaning on your fence, Should we telling explain? your neighbour. Should yeah. we explain, explain what it is? So <laughs> yeah. it's part of a new initiative. White cards can now be shown in Portuguese football to recognise and encourage fair play. So the reason this card was shown is because there was a women's game between Lisbon and Benfica Um, And the medical staff of both teams rushed to help a person who'd fallen ill in the dugout. So the white card was then shown by the referee (laughs) to both teams. And there was a huge cheer from the crowd. The thing I find weird about this is that like the showing of a card is quite like an aggressive thing. It's like, "Mm," Mm. isn't it? Like you go like... It seems it's like a punishment, not a but it, positive. You're thing. trying to. I understand. I would. I would concede the motivation for this, the intention for this, is honourable. I get that. Yeah. I understand that. But it's essentially a football version of, you know, a teacher. So I'll tell you. Here's a story, right? So when we were kids, there was a there was a teacher who was trying Long to. Long time ago. Who was trying to. Yeah, exactly. Who was trying to be cool, right? And um, outside the school gates. There was a a kid dragging a stick across the school railings, right? And they had just been painted, so he was basically mucking them up, right? And the teacher came out and tried to kind of reason with him, saying, "Stop doing that." And he went up to him and he said, "Who do you think you are, Doggy Snoop Snoop?" Do you know what I mean? And he got it totally wrong, and yeah. everyone thought, "You fucking, it's an embarrassment, yeah. you fucking idiot." What I'm are you gonna, talking about? I'm going to kick this fence down now. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's almost like <laughs> the, the the football authorities going, "Oh yeah, you think spitting's cool." But I'll tell you what is cooler, not spitting. Yeah. No, and everyone goes, well, we're going to spit more then. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. fucking embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And fair enough, they did a nice thing there and they looked after someone who was ill. They'd fallen ill. You should be doing that anyway. Mm-hmm. You don't need some patronising fucking weirdo to come over and wave <laughs> a card and go, well done. It's like a speed camera give, like flashing you a thumbs up yeah. if you're hitting the right which Which does happen. Speed. Yeah. That does happen. No, but if you're, no, only if you're hitting under. the wrong speed. Yeah, that's right. It's embarrassing either way. Yeah. It's patronising. Does it? Can you then get two yellows and not get sent off. So Does it give you like a free two hit? So here's the thing. If, if it was like some kind of reward, that would be interesting. So you're, you're on a yellow card yeah. and then you do a good bit of sportsmanship, you get a white card and then that then that wipes oh, off the yellow card. That would lead to too many nice things in football. We don't want that, do we? This is what I'm saying. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling to try and find a good angle here. <laughs> and there's other yeah. things for, for the football authorities to be tackling. Correct. Ahead of this. Correct. I agree. I concur. Uh, right. That's all from us today. On the Continent is back, though. Um, Nikki Bandini joins Andy and Dotton because apparently something quite big's happened at Juventus. It's all going down, isn't it? It is. And they're going to chat so. about that. Last um, club you'd expect as well, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's tomorrow, by the way. So make sure you guys check that out out uh, it's on the ramble football ramble feed as always um thanks for listening to the football ramble part of the acast creator network you guys doing anything nice for the rest of the day 
I'm going to get pre- prepped for the big game tonight. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Getting a bit of carabao. Looking forward to that Anthony Hattrick, Jules. <laughs> all, with, all with his right foot. All with <laughs> And send you a Rubik's Cube as well. I'd, I'm going to really try and do you, one. You with a Rubik's Cube, it's in my mind now, is like a caveman seeing fire for the first time. <laughs> like, what is this sorcery? What is this trickery? <laughs> what are you up to, Jim? I haven't decided yet. Okay. Fine. Maybe go... Maybe- <laughs> Go and get yourself a steak pie. Maybe. Yeah, actually. steak yeah, and ale. Maybe. Yeah. Steak and ale. Lovely stuff. Right. Yeah. See you boys soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. See you later. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.